Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. Hey, everybody. Wendy Sellers here at the HR Lady. Thanks for coming today. We are here to talk about what do HR professionals and scientists have in common? Ooh, data, data, data is what I'm thinking. And today we have a amazing guest from Katie Workforce is Katie Dykstra. Did I say that right? You did. Nice job. Awesome. Hey, how are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I I think you're coming from another, calling in from another country, potentially on vacation right now. I am. I'm in Cancun celebrating a friend's 50th birthday. That is awesome. Well, bottoms up, everyone. Be careful and be safe. But above all, have fun. (laughs) Exactly. Hey, I want to just kind of jump right into the topic that, you know, you, you've brought, which is HR professionals and scientists and, you know, kind of pairing that into what HR challenges we're facing this year, 2024. Oh, I don't know. Something about attracting workers. Yeah. No, no, no issues there. Right, Katie? <laughs> None at all. It's only been going on for a decade. Yeah, right. Thank you for saying that because so many people, oh, we can't find anybody. And I'm like, this has been uh, going on for a very long time. It just really was like, boom, front and center in the pandemic. So talk to me about how science can help us fill those positions. Yeah. And it's really just thinking about our growth mindset. So I'm a huge Adam Grant. So this is not something that I came up with, it's really just the last couple of years reading on people and transferable skills. And so when we think about how a scientist thinks versus how corporate America thinks, uh, scientists have hypothesis, right? And as they get new information, they pivot their hypothesis. It's either right or it's wrong. And so I feel like in corporate America, especially in leadership roles, especially in HR, there's this pressure that we always have to be right. And if we're not right, we have failed everything's going to fall apart. And so I really work with leaders about, actually, it's a hypothesis. We can pilot an idea. We can see what we get out of it and use it as lessons learned versus the idea of, oh, oh, we failed. It's awful. It's not going to work. And so um, that's what I try to do is just really focus on our growth mindset versus being narrow-minded. What I think has happened in HR is we've been very traditional, and I think we really need to start thinking non-traditional. And so when it comes to your applicants and we look at past experiences, that doesn't talk about the potential that they could have. And so I'm a really big fan of talking about transferable skills. I'm a law enforcement manager, and I've been in HR for 17 years. Uh, I started off as an investigator for loss prevention. And wow. last mention ended up happening to hold employee relation investigations. And so that was my connection into HR. So everybody's got a story. And usually you change your career about eight different times with eight different industries. So again, like just because you went to school for something doesn't mean that's where you're going to end up. I love it. I love it. Oh, I, I'm living proof of that because I have three degrees. Two of them are in healthcare administration. And then my third and last degree is what I really ended up doing, which was HR. However, many of my clients now are in, in uh, healthcare. So it kind of worked out. But I wish I knew back then that I didn't need those first two degrees. <laughs> I love that, Wendy. I teach at Valpo University and I teach in the nursing school and I'm teaching a master's class for people that want to be administrators. And the the message that I keep telling them is, you don't have to be an administrator. Like you can use 
the skill that you're learning right now and you can really use it somewhere else. So don't feel like after you find out everything about being an administrator and then you're like, oh, I don't like this. Instead, use it as an opportunity that it propels you to the next part of your career. Yeah, I absolutely love that. Uh, looking back at, you know, it's been a it's been a rough past couple of years for HR people, for business owners, for managers and for employees, too, to be quite honest. Yeah. You know, what are what are you like maybe top two, three things do you think are going to continue to be the challenges in 2024? And then towards the end of our series, we can talk about maybe 2025 as well. <laughs> yeah. So I think that we need to keep getting creative when it comes to the workforce, right? Everybody's complaining that we haven't been able to find talent in 10 years, but what have you done to look outside of the norm? And so I think the contingent workforce is going to continue to grow. So what you and I do coming in and consulting or coming in and becoming fractional HR or fractional leader for a period of time. And I think it's going to save companies money. I think small to medium-sized businesses can't necessarily afford a full-time workforce, but there are people that want to work part-time that don't want your benefits. And that saves you a lot as a business owner. And so I always say, like, let's get creative here. Could you find someone that could work part-time that wants that, but they want to work nine to three because they want to get their kid off the school bus? Could that work for you? Or could your marketing person work strange hours because they have a full-time job, but they can help you at night and make sure that your social media and marketing is taken care of at the times that it needs to happen by using automation? And so I think there's a lot of opportunity for us to think about that contingent workforce. And then how can we use AI? Because everybody that I've talked to in HR seems scared about HR or AI, but to me, it makes my life easier every day oh, yeah. I can do, right? And so how do we start using that to automate pieces of our business or to help business leaders or small businesses utilize it so they're more efficient so that they can do the stuff that they love? Um, so again, I think it's that innovative space of testing. And that's why I call it thinking like a scientist, like, cause you have a hypothesis. Let's see if it works. Yeah. And if it doesn't, then, then pivot them, but just don't say no automatically because it doesn't make you, you're not comfortable with it. Yeah. And so there's been studies done by this. Uh, usually people that are the outspoken, which I'm an outspoken person. And if I'm the first one to speak up in a room while we're brainstorming, most likely the quietest person that might have the best idea will not speak up. So knowing that I'm that extrovert in the room, I should be like a chameleon and shut my mouth and be the last one to speak so that others can bring ideas to the table. Because you'll be surprised the people that are the quietest can bring some really beautiful ideas to the table that we would have never thought of. And so yeah. that's been some of the big pivots for me with that growth mindset is know my audience and know my room so that people feel safe, like psychologically safe and have trust in that room to speak up. Yeah, I love it. And, you know, I do a lot of training um, on DISC, uh, personality yeah. styles. And I'm a, obviously, I'm a high D, dominant, direct, you know, roll over people like a bull in a china shop, which I have, you know, grabbed the mirror and looked at myself and said, hey, you're part of the problem here. So I have made some great changes. But I 100% agree with you, Katie, that if we let the quiet person speak up, sometimes our heads just go, whoa. We should exactly. ask them earlier. And it's like, oh, I didn't because I was too busy talking over them. <laughs> yeah, but what I love about DISC is uh, as we get older and we get more mature, I'm a high D and I'm a high I. I can be a chameleon in the room. I know when to use that high D and high I. And I also know when it's time for me to keep my mouth shut. And I think that takes time with emotional intelligence. So you do DISC. I do an EQI 2.0 assessment that really talks about where are you with emotional intelligence and that's what I've been trying to focus on the last five years is really to get better with knowing me and how to build better relationships with others. 
I love it. I love it. I have so many questions to ask you. Um, uh, for our listeners, this is a part of a five-part series. So this was episode one. And we will be back shortly with Katie. And we're going to be talking about EQ and neuroscience and more HR solutions. And then a little bit about yourself as well, Katie. So you can tell our listeners uh, where you got your painful experience from and, <laughs> and how you're using it to enjoy a vacation right now. So thanks for joining us. We'll be right back. Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast, brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.